Cars, where we break down every film from the IMDb Top 250 list, giving our own thoughts and reviews and any general discussion along the way. My name is Daniel Henderson, and you'll never hear me say, I've abandoned my podcast! <laughs> and I'm Dean Jeffrey, and ladies and gentlemen, if I say I'm a podcast man, you would agree. Very good. And today we'll be breaking down There Will Be Blood. Yeah, we are. There Will Be Blood, released in 2007, starring Daniel Day-Lewis, Paul Dano, Kevin J. O'Connor, who? Brother Henry. Brother Henry. Yes. You would name Kevin J. O'Connor. Third build. What? Yes. What about Caesar? How do you say his name? Is it Kieran? Goodbye. I think it's Kieran. Like because he's Irish, I think. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Kieran. No, it's not Syrian. Who said Syrian? It's 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 spelled C I A R A with a little weird thing. I hate the weird thing. And N. So it's Syrian. Siri, Siren, Siren. Let's go with Siren. Siren. It's Kieran. Kieran Hines and Dylan Fraser. That guy, I can't tell you who it is. Dylan Fraser? Yeah, who's he? Is that? Oh, no, that's, that's the, HW. That's right. There you go. Yeah. All right. Of course, directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. It is. Paul Thomas to his friends. PT. Only film in the top 250, I might add. Wow. What a shit director. Disagree. <laughs> I do too. Yes. I really do. What about the score, Dean? Johnny Greenwood. Ah, look at you. Who is famous because... He voiced in Radiohead. He's the lead singer. Are you having a laugh? You are, aren't you? You are. I don't even know if you are. You might play it off like you are now. Do you actually think he's the lead singer of Radiohead? No. Who's the lead singer of Radiohead? I was going to say Billy Corgan, but that's Smashing Pumpkins. Wow. Uh, No. Johnny Greenwood. Yeah. Member of Radiohead. Yeah. Tom York is lead singer. That's right. Who is... uh... Trent? Yeah, no, Trent Reznor is Nine Inch Nails. Okay. Yeah, and that's what that was who I was thinking of. Okay, good. Because I remember the very first time I heard of Johnny Greenwood was when we spoke about Phantom Thread. Ah, yes. Back on the review, and you said, Johnny Greenwood, he did this. Do you know who this is? And then you said something. And what did you say when I said something, that? Something, something, Radiohead. Like, no. Yeah. Who? And then you went, something, something, Radiohead. So I'm like, well, he just must have said uh, singer. So what is he in the in the, the Radiohead lore? He is an instrumental member of Radiohead. Does he play like multiple instruments at once? Of course. Is he like standing there with the the cymbals on his knees, playing the accordion? Yeah, just picture the guy from uh, Dick Van Dyke from Mary Poppins. Yeah. That's him in Radiohead. That's awesome. Yeah. I wonder if he was doing that for this film. No, (laughs) because most of it's just like... No, of course, we did mention Johnny Greenwood with our Phantom Thread episode or Phantom, the Phantom Thread review because that is the only time he's been nominated for an Academy Award. Mm. But he also did The Master as well. Oh, The Master. Yeah, another PTA film. Yeah, I know it's PTA. I might have to re-watch The Master just for the score. I feel like I just have to re-watch The Master. I really didn't like it. I didn't either, but I've only seen it once. And I'd only seen this once before we watched this again, so maybe I might give it the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I've probably seen There Will Be Blood... I'm going to go five times. Five times. Was there always blood? Yes, every time. Especially the first time. Right, so it's not uh, false advertising. No, no, no. There was blood. Cinematography by Robert Ellswit. We've spoken about him several times. He has got one Academy Award win for cinematography for this film. Mm. He also got nominated for Good Night and Good Luck. And he's also done these sort of films. Heart Eight, Boogie Nights, Magnolia, Punch Drunk Love, and Inherent Vice. Ah. Not Phantom Thread. What does that tell you? Uh, Not the master either. Did he die? No, he didn't die. He's still around. Okay. Hmm. But obviously a big PTA favourite. Yes. Yes. Undoubtedly. Budget of $25 million for this film. Wow. Grossed $76 million. I believe it's uh, 
PTA's most successful film. That is true in box office and in score. Mm. Mm. Done all right, PTA, to this point. Peaked, you could say. Are you going to say that? That he peaked with this film? Yeah. We'll see how we go in our rankings, Hendo. But what's the rankings going to do? I was talking about PTA's best film. Fuck. I was thinking of the rankings for the top 250. What? I was thinking of the rankings for the top 250. What? Literally, the ranking we're going to do after this, Hendo. Yeah. That is what I was talking about. PTA's top films. Yep. I just had I just had top 250 films in my head. Like, yeah, this wow. is the only one we're talking about. Mm, okay, mm. moving on. Let's look at some trivia, Dean. Top Please. five trivia. Dylan Frazier, who you did mention, is H.W. Plainview. He was not an actor. He was actually an elementary student no. near the film's West Texas shooting location. Mm. And on a radio program that he was on, Paul Thomas Anderson said that the production was trying to convince Dylan's mother to allow Dylan to be in the movie, but his mother wanted to figure out who Daniel Day-Lewis was, so she rented a copy of Gangs of New York. Gangs of New York. Bill the Butcher. Yes. So she panicked at the idea of her son spending time with a man she saw in that movie. Mm. So there'll be blood. The casting department there rushed her a copy of The Age of Innocence. Yes. Interesting that this woman does not know what acting is, considering her son is about to become an actor. Or maybe she's learning for the first time like he is. I mean... <sighs> Wait a minute, not, not so much about acting, but maybe she didn't know who Daniel Day-Lewis was. Yeah, but you don't watch a movie and then know who the actor is, do you? I mean, if you don't you know watch a movie, guy, see he's a killer, and then it's like, oh, no, he can't work with him. Then you watch a movie where he's like a gentle romantic and go, oh, no, you can definitely work with him. That is the calibre of Daniel Day-Lewis. And by calibre, of course, I mean both the size of their gum barrels and the size of their calibre. <laughs> That took a 180. <laughs> Number two. Do you not know what that's from? Yeah, it'd be Austin Powers. Okay, yeah. good. <laughs> I wasn't sure. I mean, I got it when you said Calibre. Calibre. <laughs> Sorry, Hendo. You were you were going on about number two. I was going... <laughs> Who does number two <laughs> work for? My number two. <laughs> All right, number two. In a different interview here, Paul Dano told the guy who wants <laughs> the interview... <laughs> The interviewer. Yes. <laughs> that he had originally been cast in a much smaller role as Paul Sunday. Much smaller. Yes. And actually, another actor had been cast as Eli at the time. However, after Dano had already started filming his one scene as Paul Sunday, Paul Thomas Anderson decided to replace the actor who played Eli. Anderson then asked Dano to play Eli in a much bigger role, as well as Paul. And they decided to change the film to make the brothers identical twins. So they never had the idea to be identical twins before this film started. I mean, you don't need to change much at all. You literally, all you need to do is include... Uh, Daniel Plainview and H.W. exchange an awkward look to each yes. other. That is the only time That's it's ever it. addressed. That is it. Absolutely. Now, Paul Dano had four days to prepare for his role as... The twins. As Eli. No, as Eli. Yeah, not Paul for his one scene. No, as Eli Sunday. Four days. Yes, whereas Daniel Day-Lewis had a full year to go method as yes. Daniel Plainview. Shows. It does show. Wait, no, it doesn't show because that's implying that Paul Dano... Is yes. inferior, like yeah. vastly, okay. to Daniel Day-Lewis here. That's not what I meant. Yeah. Okay. Number three, while on location in Marfa, Texas, No Country for Old Men was the neighbouring film production. Yeah. And one day, PTA and his crew tested the pyrotechnical effects of the oil derrick fire, causing an enormous billow of smoke intruding the shot that Joel and Ethan Cohen were shooting. Good. So I love it. So they had to delay filming until the next day while the smoke disappeared. Just PT waving his massive schlong around like, yeah, yeah. you will stop for me because I'm making there will be And the blood. Coens came back with, here's our Oscar, bitch. Yeah. yeah who won that argument? Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what a great year. I mean, you mentioned oh. No Country for Old Men. The No Country for Old Men and There Will Be Blood duo 
surely that has to be like the best like one two combo punch in, was, in, a, in a best pitcher race. I was thinking about looking it up, and that's where that ended. But I'm sure it would be very interesting. It, ha- it has to be. I can't think of any others that would be even even close. Like if it's not one that was like great and the second one was okay, it's the loser is just so much better than the other one that actually won. Yeah, you need two great. I'm sure it's there without looking. This could be the best, but I'm sure it's there. Yeah, this is the one that stands out by far. Yeah. Number four, according to Paul Thomas Anderson, the director and crew were pretty loose about where scenes would take place, and this sometimes meant that filming scenes three or four different times in different locations to evaluate the result each time. Yeah. When you hear, because I, I read the, or I read all the trivia on this as well. You can tell when Dean really likes a film when he <laughs> takes the time to read trivia. Yes. And you start by thinking, oh, good old PT, being all loose and easygoing. No, it's much worse. you got to do it in multiple <laughs> locations. More. That's bad. I mean, you just wanted to get a feel for which which uh, scene would be better in each, uh, each scene, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Number five. This, of course, has some Oscar wins. This got eight nominations that year at the Academy Awards. Wow. One, two. The six it was nominated for was Best Sound Editing, which it lost to The Bourne Ultimatum. It lost Best Art Direction, which it lost to Sweeney Todd. It lost Best Film Editing to The Bourne Ultimatum. It lost Best Adapted Screenplay to No Country for Old Men. It lost Best Directing to The Coens for No Country for Old Men. And it lost Best Picture to No Country for Old Men. It did win, we've already mentioned it, Best Cinematography for Robert Ellswood, which he beat Roger Deakins for No Country for Old Men. Nice. And, of course, Best Actor for Mr. Daniel Day-Lewis. One of the greatest performances of all time. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. You think Best Actor, you think this movie. Yeah. Absolutely. But let's take a look at the history of There Will Be Blood in the IMDb Top 250 list. This obviously would have come out late in 2007 for to get the Oscar buzz. Debuted into the list... On the 24th of December in 2007, low, by 1st of February 2008, it was at number 14. Wow. Yeah. Just a straight line up to there. About five years later, it had gradually dropped down to 187. And now it's currently on the uptake again to where it currently sits at number 143 with an 8.1 over 521,000 votes. I mean, it should be higher. Wow. Showing your cards early, hey? Yes. Yes, I am. (laughs) I think you've already revealed those cards several times. This is better than the 140th whatever film. How funny would that be if it was like Once Upon a Time in America? <laughs> you're on right number one ranked film at this point. How funny would what be? Then you're like, this is this is better than the 140th whatever film. I don't mean is. better than that particular film. <laughs> I mean, that's it's, that's better, it sounded. it's better than its ranking of 140 whatever. It's better than all 142 films before no, that's, this. That's not what I said. That should be what you said. That's what you meant. It's not better than every film above it. No. I feel like we're on different wavelengths, but I do understand what you mean. I don't think you do. Let's get into There'll Be Blood. I know Let's you're keen to get into it. Let's do it. do it. Fades in on the mountains, and that score hits immediately. Yeah. Before the score, though. Oh, no. Okay. There's going to be a long breakdown. We get silence. Then that note starts, right? And then I press play, and then... Then that note starts, and it runs along for a little bit, just, just Here, quietly. This is Dean's breakdown. And then the second note hits. And then you get the mountain scene, and that note just goes bang, like really loud, okay? But what I think is important is that you actually look at this mountain scene. I'm just going to sit back for this one. <laughs> no, no, no. You look at this mountain scene, though, and by all rights, it should be peaceful. It's just a couple of mountains, nice American landscape, I guess. But because of this score, you know that there's something big going on. Yes, the power of Johnny Greenwood's score. 
which is a phenomenal score. It is a phenomenal score. But we hit 1898 here. We get a lot of different years come up. We get four. Yeah. It's good that we get those to set up the passage of time. Yep. We've got a big, long, what is it, like 15 minutes of no dialogue Yeah. I have seen people be like, oh, 20 minutes. It's not 20 minutes. It's 14 minutes something when Daniel starts speaking. Okay. Okay. But that includes... Like the intro, like Miramax, okay. Paramount. You're saying like you're trying to defend it. Oh, no. No defense needed, <laughs> right? Because this digging is not boring. No. Like, not at all. It's great. This really sets up his drive and how far he will go to get what he wants. Yes. It shows his skills as a digger. Yes. It shows his, his, his determination. determination. It shows yes. his hard work ethic yes. as well. Like, this isn't someone who's... He's not trying to swindle to make money. He's not trying to get an easy buck here. No, no. no he's a very hard-working, dedicated person. Yeah. That fall, Ugh. it is rough as guts. And I knew it was coming, and it still shocked me. Because yeah, I didn't know when exactly it was going to happen. He's just going, and then it's just crack. Yeah. That ladder rung breaks, and I he was, falls. I was under the impression from the one other time I watched this film that he actually was just... That he slipped himself. I didn't, I didn't know that the ladder rung broke off. From there. So the when difference? that happened, I'm like, whoa. Like, I was not expecting it. Yeah. And I love how you just get darkness and then you wake up to him just, like, gasping for air. But he he, he leads out with, oh, no. Like. He doesn't say, oh, no. What does he say? He says something. Says nothing. No. It's 14 minutes, minutes of no dialogue, Hendo. He lets out some sort of noise that he's like, he is... He's in a he's in a panic. Like he, he does something that lets him that leads out to believe that he's in a panic and he's got to do something about this. Okay, but he obviously is by himself. Yep. Okay, he's broken his leg. Clearly, he has to pull himself out. We see him struggle and that all that, and then he starts just dragging himself away from this hole. When the score rises back in, and you get that same shot of the mountain, exact same shot. Yeah. And I love that little like. Secular arc here. It's a little story right there. Yeah, it really is. Yep. Right? And then we see him is so, is getting gold. Yeah, while he's still laying on his back. Now now his legs in a, you know, in a cast, a sling, whatever he's got. Because I thought he was finding oil here. No. And then I've looked again and I'm like, and when he gets the black rock, I thought, oh, is there like moisture, like black oil on this rock? No, he's, he's mining for gold here. Yes. And then he moves on to oil. Yeah, four years later, 1902. This is yeah. This is basically the start of the oil. Where he's got his little drilling uh, setup, and he's going. got help. Yeah, he does now. Yeah, I mean, he's, four years later, he's, he's got, got stuff. He would obviously made the money off the gold, and he's probably used that to start this little oil business. Yeah, yeah. And we get this, and still no dialogue. Nope. And we get the rod just snapping, falling, and you get that that blood spray. Yeah, right next to him as well. Yeah, yeah. It's uh the impact of that. Like you don't see a lot. No. But it's the it's the impact of it. like it happens again later on as well. It's 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 the sound design is great. Yeah, it, it makes you wince. I actually saw that this film was given like a, a PG, what was it, thirteen rating or eleven rating, something very low. And in a very unusual act, the makers of the film went back and said, "No, I think you need to up it." Yeah, it's weird that this isn't an overly violent, uh, swear heavy. Nope. It's not. It's not sexual in any way. Nope. But. I watch this and I'm like, yeah, this is this is like it has to be like an MA. It has to be an R rating in yeah. America. It has to be I, I think of this film as being very violent and maybe it's just the title, but I especially thought that end scene, which we'll get to, was super, super violent. It's not as violent. No, it's all off screen. Hmm. Mo- the majority of this violence is off screen. The I mean the gunshot later on to the head, it's 
That's not even that bloody. No, it's not. It, it, it is. It's intense. This film is, and it has a lot to do with the intensity of Daniel Day Lewis's performance as well. Of course. Yes. And the score. The score as well. Absolutely. But of course, you did mention that there's a bit of violence here. The guy dies. That is his son. That's there. Oh, the dead guy's son. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, I thought you were talking about Plainview, and I was like. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> and again, without any word of dialogue, you yep. know exactly what is happening here. Yep. Yep. Love it how he puts the, the spirits or the whiskey, whatever it is, on the on the end of the drink. Like, come on, just just have it, just have a bit, you know, just take it easy. Numb that mouth. I mean, that's not even an, a nineteen oh two thing. I th- I think they were probably doing that twenty years ago. I mean shit, there are probably people still doing it. Definitely. Druggies. But still. Were you giving a shout out to all our druggies then? <laughs> that's what's up. <laughs> But now we get our first word spoken as it gently fades into the voiceover of Mr. Daniel Plainview talking to the town about, why don't you let me come down here and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll drill some oil. We'll get, we'll get things going here. I'm a family man. Yeah, it's great. It's a great speech. I love the camera work as well because it starts real close in on Plainview, comes out yep. and you see HW standing next to him, silent. And then the camera sort of goes to- It does fo- go to him, yes. Goes to him and then, uh, then it no, goes, no, it back, goes to back to Plainview. Yeah. I thought it was really, really interesting. And this town, like, that's another thing. Like, you just get that that head of, of Plainview here whilst people around yeah. are arguing and screaming and stuff. He sits there for a while and he gets up and goes. Mm-hmm. And it's great. And he walks out and one of the people is like, oh, no, 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 come back. Come back. Like, no, 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 I don't need this. Daniel Day-Lewis, man. He just gets lost in this role, doesn't he? Well, I mean, this is, yeah, this is this tremendous. Is, this is peak Day-Lewis. Oh, without doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Without doubt. Absolutely. But he leaves this town area, this old big town people who are all arguing, and he goes the other way. Yeah. He goes and he just sees this older couple, and he sits down, and he does the same shtick, yeah. and they're umming and ahhing. I'm a family man. I'm a family man. Yes. This is my son, H.W. Yes. H.W. How good's that? It's awesome. <laughs> Do you ever find out what H.W. means? No, we don't. That's his name. H.W. Henry Winkler, Plainview. Herman Warrington. Herman's probably closer than Henry. Harry William. No. But we get an introduction to Paul Dano here. Yes. Paul Sunday. Paul Sunday. Isn't it interesting that Paul Dano plays a character named Paul and Daniel Day-Lewis plays a character named Daniel? No. I mean, it's a little bit interesting. I'm sure it happens a lot in movies. Where the two leads play characters that have the same name as them. Happens in a lot of documentaries. Wow. But this guy, Paul Dano, not Dano, wants <laughs> <laughs> he wants to sell information to Plainview here. And he's smart because mm-hmm. he knows that Plainview, all the questions that Plainview wants to know are basically just to get Plainview the information without having to pay. Yeah. But Paul, he waits, he holds off, he finally gets the money. He's a bit of a dick about it, though. He's like, give me $500 and I'll tell you what I know. Then Plainview says something, he goes, $600. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, he's good here. Like, when he's, yeah, he's trying to get that information out of him. He's like, don't treat me like an idiot. Yeah. Like, you'll get your information once I get my money. And I love the, the threat the plain view gives him like, now if I find out there's nothing down there, I'll be getting more than my money. It's like, ooh. Just that, just the way he says it. Matter of fact. Yeah. And there's no like close-ups of him or like uh, threatening face. Uh, it's just that. And just like- You geez. believe him? Oh yeah, you believe him. Has to be the mustache. Could be. Dale lo- Lewis sports a magnificent mustache. <laughs> I love that even here, uh, Paul brings up Faith. Because Faith plays a massive part in this film, obviously. Mm-hmm. Can I just say, the poster for this film, it has a few, but the one that has the red top half of it yes, and that has that, that 
oil rig yeah. and the, the, the wood is yeah, forming cross. a cross. Yeah. God, it's good. There's definitely a lot of themes of religion and faith and all that throughout this film. But even here, Paul asks what faith uh, plain viewers are part of. And he's like, I, I like, I enjoy all faiths. Yeah, he's clearly not a, a religious man. Not at all. And everything he does in this film is to the benefit of him making money through this oil or getting his oil, whatever he needs to do. Yeah. And that plays a massive part later on down the track. But Daniel and HW, yes, they go quail hunting. Yes, they do. Yes, I thought this was a bit of a ruse, but no, they 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 got the guns. They know what they're doing. He does enjoy the quail hunting. It's it is a ruse in a yeah. way. No, it's not a ruse in a way. But it is not, it is all a ruse. No, but it's not like they go there and they're terrible at quail hunting. I mean, it's it's plain view. Like, of course, he's not going to be a terrible hunter. He probably has hunted yes. to live. <laughs> That's a good point. That's yeah. No, this is hundred percent a ruse. Okay, and they go there, and this, I love this interaction with uh, Abel Sunday. Yes. Who, ironically, not very able. Uh, he comes out and he's so kind yeah. to Plainview. To the point where Plainview asks for bread, and he says, nah, we've got potatoes, and then apologises. Like, I was thinking, gee, Plainview's a bit rude here. Like, oh, I want water, I'll take your goat's milk. Oh, all right, yeah, potatoes will be fine. He's like, I'm really sorry I don't have bread for you, stranger. Well, he gets the shit beat out of him later on by his son. Yeah. Like Paul Dano. He's soft. I can see I can see Paul Sunday beating him. Eli, I just like, dude, I didn't expect this guy to like beating up on his dad. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned this before where Eli shows up and it's just that little like it was was that Paul or was yeah. that yeah. Okay, I guess this was a brother. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so good that this happens without any other member of the Sunday family there, because if Let's say Abel was there or the mother. You would think the entire movie, hey, hang on. Is this the same person? And you don't need the twins there either. Like, Paul never comes back in this movie. No, he takes the money and goes. Yeah. It's like he's trying to get away from his family. Yeah, understandably. Yeah. Eli's a nut job and Abel's weak. And, the like, honestly, the women don't say a word. No. So. Good on him. Go, Paul. But Plainview and his son, whilst quail hunting, I might add, they got those quails. They got to eat too, Hendo. That's right. Uh, they do find the oil coming up out of the ground, as Paul did mention to them. Earthquake oil. Yeah, that's, which that's big, big which, time. Which he somehow proves by lighting it on fire, and it. I mean, he he knows everything about oil. Maybe it has to do with the color of the flame or how quickly it it burnt. Who knows? But I think it's interesting that even here he's talking to HW about how he's going to build a hundred mile pipe and not, you know, not. Travel by train yeah. to try and elip- eliminate these shipping costs. Yeah. So he is like he's very See open. This HW, we're going to build this pipeline. He's very all open right. with no, HW. That was, right. was alright. That was alright. Yeah. He's very open with HW um, about his business, which is good. Well, he really does treat him as like as his partner here. It's his son. He's going to take over the business eventually. A lot. Like it's he's ruthless as well. Like he really passes him off as I'm the family man. He really showboats HW around. Yep. Talks about how oh I lost my I lost his, his uh, my wife his uh, his mum died in childbirth like he really goes to that sympathy story the whole time here like yeah. use every opportunity it works got. for him yeah it does but we get the dinner scene now with Plainview on the Sundays and you just know how much this little shit Eli has cost Plainview here oh. because if this was just a Plainview talking with Abel. Like, Bargain. Yeah, Plainview would just do what he wants. I love it how Eli keeps interrupting Plainview and just the look on Plainview's face when he just turns to look, he's like, oh, all right, Eli. Like, 
He can already see the frustration yeah. start to mount here. And Eli keeps bringing up oil. Yes. Like, he's like, it's literally just coming out of the ground. And Plainview comes back with like, well, Are you going to dig it up? Do you have the the resources to do this? Yeah, but he's, he's giving so much information. Like, the yeah. fact that he knows that it's hard to dig up. You need these resources. You need these men. It takes a lot of time. Like, he's already telling him, I know a lot about oil. Well, he's already been found out. Like, of course, if he's, got, he's coming out down there to talk about buying the land... And, of course, there's a big reason for it. Of course, he knows about the oil. This guy who just rocks up is like, hey, I want to buy your land. Like, yeah, why? Yeah, for the quails. Sure. Yeah, but that's something that Abel would have believed. But Eli... Eli's smart. Eli goes toe-to-toe with him here and, like, comes out on top here. He does. I was surprised at how many times he actually did come out on top in this movie. Yeah. I thought this was all plain view. Well, no, no. There's a big section here where basically a montage type where Plainview is just getting everything set up to start drilling for this oil. He's going around, he's talking to the town, he's using the same speech we heard earlier on, like, I'm a family man, this is my son, HW. Like, just yep. just really reeling everyone in, like, this is what we're going to be doing. You know, you know, we're, we're going to get education, we're going to build a church, we're going to build roads, we're going to get everything going here. He's really setting up this town. Which, he's not wrong. No. Like, that's the thing. Like, you think about okay, so this man obviously is all about he's out for himself, and he is, but at the same time, he is going to substantially help these town people. Because he does, he needs the support of this town to do what he's doing as well. He does, but he will help these people. Yes, yes. For whatever the reasons are, he will help these people. Like I said, he's not swindling them out of money. No, and it's it's easy to look at a character like Plainview and say, oh, this guy's evil, he's selfish, he's an asshole. Like, think back Think back. This is in 1900, right? Yeah. 1902. Yeah. This is a man who is just trying to make make a life for himself here. Yeah. Like, by today's standards, a lot of the things he does we view as, you know, a little brutal, maybe. Yes. A bit rough. But back then, they weren't they weren't considered that way. I just it's 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 important to look at this character through the lens I think of the early 1900s versus you know the 2010s of it all. Very valid point. So we get another scene here with Eli in Plainview where Eli has come up and he's he's like, "Is there anything I can do for you? Is there anything the church can do for you?" He's really pushing this. The church will help you. The church is in your best interest to keep the church rich and afloat and doing well. He's already mentioned the $5,000 bonus thing, hasn't he, at this point? Or is it yes. at this point? Mm, no, I think it was it was mentioned at their dinner table. Yeah, so that's a, a running thing that happens throughout the entirety of this film. Yeah. All the way to the very end. Yes. Yes. So Eli's going to be on his case from the jump for this yeah. money. So him him saying he wants to bless this, this oil rig and all this sort of stuff, it's just, it's so interesting that Plainview is just like, yes, yes, we can do that. Yeah, just what, but he just does not care. Oh, he obviously doesn't care. No, but he doesn't want Eli to be the person who's taking control of this whole thing. So he does it himself. Yeah. Yeah. And that frustrates Eli. Yeah. Yeah. You missed a bit before where Plainview goes to see him at his church and he's doing the whole, get the demon out, get the ghost, everything like that. Like we mentioned, yeah, Paul Dano in his movie, he is, he is pristine. He is Fantastic. Point. He's never been better. Yes. The score as well at this point. Again, it just... This score just is highlighted so much through this film at, at key points. And right here, like, I just felt it. I felt that score as you got Paul Dano here yeah. just doing his performance. Top-notch scene. It not, is. Not my excellent. By the way, we 
obviously we sometimes we go through movies where we have some potential excellence along the yeah. way here. Did you have potential excellence? Have you seen this a lot though, or did you have your excellent like just nah? Before I even sit down, this is my excellence. It was pretty obvious for me what the excellence. Okay, is. I think it. I think I wrote down. I think I wrote down two potential excellence, and then I think I got to the excellent. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Um, just with that scene, now that you've brought it up, I think it's a really because Plainview is watching this. Yes. And I think it's important to realise that Plainview and Eli are very, very similar people. They are. Both of them are full of shit. Mm-hmm. With their with Plainview, with his, I'm such a good family man. I'm a really nice guy. Yeah. Like, yes, he does help the people, but. That's not what. That's not his motivations. Yeah, and he's coming with, across with his, uh, his church and yeah. everything like that. It's all bullshit, yeah. right? And they both know that the other person's act is bullshit. Yeah, they're just trying to one up on each other. They're trying yeah. to gain control of the system, basically. Yeah, and you've got this sort of this battle between like American business versus religion. Yeah, and I think the sort of the changing of the guard here on what triumphs and what fails, I think, is just. Says a lot about uh yeah yeah the overarching themes in this film American history really just ties this film in together. Like you could just watch this as a you know an old timey oil drilling movie, you know with a you know great couple of characters. But if you you go over that and you start thinking about yeah the the overriding themes yeah. you know, of you know American business versus religion and everything that entangles there just adds this to another level. Oh, hundred percent does. We get this scene here. With plain view, where he grabs Mary as yes, she's running. I did make a note of this one. And he had heard that I think HW said that Mary's father beats her. So this yeah. is Abel, the yeah. weak, the weak Abel beats Mary. And the way he speaks to her here, like, uh, your your father's not hitting you, is he? And she's just silent, and yeah. he's just like, that won't happen again. And Abel's, does it does it cut to Abel sitting there? Like we didn't know he was sitting there. No, we know he's sitting. Oh, there. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. see him sitting there. No, nah, I mean, I knew he was sitting there. Okay. Um. And it's just, he, he just stares at Abel. Yeah, like, like, yeah. You That's heard enough. what I said. Yeah. You heard what I said, Abel. But I think this is this is an odd scene because this isn't about, this doesn't benefit Plainview. This is him genuinely caring about this little girl yeah. getting beaten by her father. So, it's easy to look at everything Plainview does as being a selfish act and him being, you know, evil's too strong. What's a better word? Greedy. Self-interested. Okay. Self-interested. This this moment here, he's not. No, like he cares. He does. So this other man dies at the well. He does. It's brutal. Yes. Yep. There's an interesting conversation between Eli and Plainview here as well, which Plainview initiates. Yeah. Which struck me as odd. Is it him at this point trying to keep Eli as a, you know, friend on the surface? I think he, no. I think he's trying to tell him to just maybe tone it down with the religious stuff. Just let us work. Stop getting involved because it's affecting our workers. And he's and then obviously Eli's like, well, if you let me bless the drill, then this wouldn't happen. And yeah. and, and then Plainview's like, no, 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 it's just yep. just just knock it off. Like let's just let us please work. And that's basically the watered down, non intense version of their conversation. But things start to go a bit pear shaped here, especially for HW when the gas explosion happens. Yeah, this was a potential excellent. Okay. Yes, mostly because of how amazing this looks it, it does look stunning not just the like the end portion of this where it's all dark and, and the big flames glowing oh how good is that and you've got like in the foreground you've got uh plain view just sitting there watching it marveling at what he's found and, and the riches he's going to get 
not even caring that his son has just gone deaf. Yeah. He's not even there to help him. Yeah. Like that, that shot where he's trying to calm him down and he's like, I got to go, I got to go. And he's like, yeah. don't leave me, don't leave don't me. Don't leave me. He's like, yep. no, I have to go. Like, and he says, he, he says goes to, to what's more important he to He says him. to Caesar, he's like, hold him down. Yeah. And he leaves. And he's not even, he's not even depressed about what's, what's happened here. Like, he's like, why are you smiling for? Yeah. Like, look at the gold mine we've found. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's great to see the way he looks at things. Like, a normal person would be like, my son is deaf. Yeah. I need to fix this. But he is so centered on his, his wealth, his, his prize. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. But I think it I think it needs to be noted though, I don't think his caring for HW is an act. No, 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 no. It's just he shows where his priorities are, right? Yeah, now. I agree. He is he cares more about the oil. Yes. But he has a high level of care and tenderness for HW as like a child. Like you see that now when he cut, when he's cuddling HW and he's trying to calm him down, you can see a small amount of frustration in his voice as mm. well when he's doing it. Like, okay, okay, that's enough. Just yep. stop, please, stop. Yeah, yeah. And that obviously drives him to later on to basically abandon him, yeah. send him away because he just can't handle it. Yeah. Did you know? Let's just speak about that scene. Did you know he was going to do that on the train? When he said, I'm just going to go talk to the conductor. Yeah, so I'll like, be right back. I didn't remember that, but when that happened, when he said, I'll be right back, I was like, no, you won't. Yeah. Yeah, you're going. Yeah. Because of the words he says later on, this is how it happens. I do remember the scene later on. Yeah, absolutely. But I think I think the bit with that scene, let's just finish that scene off, where HW realizes and runs and you've got his friend just holding him while Plainview's walking like parallel to the train. Yeah. He's not even like hiding behind a building or anything. He's just openly, no, nah, I'm walking to my car. But you can see the emotion on his face. Like, yeah. It's not you, easy for if him. If you notice the single tear that drops off his face when he's sitting in the train with him, like I saw it then, I'm like, that's good. Yeah. Daniel Day Lewis just dropping that single tear before nice. he even gets off the train. Yeah. And like I said, you can't even look. Can't even look at him. Yeah. Yeah. He's got to just got, he's got to get the hell out of there. It's great. Yeah. Buddy Eli showing up here. Where's my money, Daniel? Smack! Right in the face. Oh, and like that that bit there, like it's not just he shows up. We see him walking for ages. We yes. see this huge pool of oil just on the ground yep. coming out of this pipe. And he walks past it. He walks towards him. And you can see Eli, you know, he's got his, all right, I'm, Stern, I'm strong. Walk, yep. I'm strong. I'm going to be strong here. I've just got to speak I'm to him. I'm in charge. And he opens his mouth and it's just whack. Yeah. He slaps him and here down. Here comes brutal plain view, and obviously he's so emotional over what happened to HW. Yeah. And the way he's saying like, "Where was your God when that happened to my son?" Yeah. Hey, you talk about all this crap about healing. Yep. And, yeah. Where was he for me? And, yep. and then just really lays into Eli, yeah. like, and Eli just screaming and squealing. Yeah. That's just that added little touch. That's awesome. Let's get him in the mud and just like just messes him up. It's not mud. It gets him in oil. I mean, it's not all oil. It is a mucky substance. There's a lot of mud in there. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's great. And I think Eli gets a bit of plain view here because he gets home, dry mud and that all over his face, just hanging some shit on his dad. Mm. You know, you, God won't take you in because you're a stupid, stupid old man. And then lunges over the table and beats the shit out of him. Yeah. Yeah. Full on. Yeah. Like he, but he's as if the mother doesn't try and protect Abel here. I mean, this is maybe what it's like in the 90s. The 90s. The <laughs> 1900s. <laughs> I don't know. I, just, I saw her just standing there. I was like, Really? Like, they have a voice. You can be like, stop it. I mean, what's that going to do? You're hurting him. Maybe she kind of wants him to get his beat down. Wow. Yeah, you go, Eli. Yeah. Get him. <laughs> Here's where we're introduced to Henry Plainview. Yes. I like how suspicious Plainview is, Daniel is, of Henry. Straight because 
the audience is suspicious. Yeah. Like, who is this random guy? And he, like, plain view, like, queries and questions and asks for ID and all sorts of stuff to yeah. try and get the audience to be like, no, this really is his brother. Obviously, it's not. But, but he has a lot of corroborating evidence to show, yeah. to show that he is Henry yes. Plainview. Yes, he does. Yes. You see him struggling a bit more with HW here, trying to get into Drinky's drink. But did you H- notice I had bread on the table? Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Nice touch. HW at this point is he's Mute. very frustrated. Oh, he's yeah. Like with everything. He won't do as he's told. He's just he's not he's not coping very well with what's happened. And even Plainview. And maybe it's a sign of the times. Like, he's optimistic. Like, well, I think he says it to Henry at some point here. Like, like he could get his hearing back. Like, yeah. we don't know. Yep. Like, they don't know what could happen. So, yep. he's obviously trying to look on the more optimistic side because he doesn't want to deal with this. He wants to focus on his oil. Yeah. We get more traits here of Plainview as well when he's talking to Henry just about how you know, he doesn't doesn't really associate well with, pe- with people. He doesn't like people. To him, everything is a competition. Like, he wants to try and win at everything. Yeah, this is... This is plain view at his most open that we've ever seen yes. him. And the reason he's like this is because he thinks that Henry is his brother, that he has that same hatred inside of him. Yes. And he's, he's so open about it. He's just like, I hate people. I, you know, and the reason that he's not that way with HW is because HW doesn't have any of him in there. Exactly. You know, like, but this is someone who has his father's blood. So he's just like him. So I can open up and I can say, listen, how shit are people? He I hate it, them all. He lets himself be incredibly vulnerable with this person, something he has probably never done in his life, to the point where you understand why he reacts the way he reacts when he finds out what he has done to him. Like, if it was if it was a different scenario, maybe he wouldn't have done that. But because he feels so betrayed yeah. by what happened, because he opened up so much to this guy. But he, he says here, like, why he wants to earn so much money. He says, I want to earn so much money so I can get away from people. Yeah, he wants to be a loner. He's just like, I've built up my hatred over the years little by little. This is a hateful, hateful man. Yes. And he's self-aware of it. Yeah. Which makes- makes no apologies. And it makes his performance that much better. And I don't mean Daniel Day-Lewis. I mean Daniel Plainview's performance as this wholesome family man. It's just fantastic. Absolutely. Like, he's so clever. You know, he's not just- He's not just naturally like that or naturally like this. Everything is so calculated to try and get Plainview what Plainview wants. Absolutely. HW is having none of it, though. Sets this place up a blaze. Why? I, I don't know. I, I, I was He's watching showing it. his frustration. Was he reading a diary? He was reading the diary of Henry Plainview. Yes. Which not Henry Plainview had. And I thought it was because he found out that he was a fake and he was trying to set the blaze to him because that's where the fire goes to. I mean, it's to the middle of the house. I don't know. It goes pretty close to Henry. But it's not because of that. Was he trying to kill them? I don't know. He's just... He's a kid who's letting out his frustration. Yeah. About everything that's happened. Because he feels like he's kind of getting sidelined here by Henry. Maybe he wants Henry out of the picture. Yeah. I thought actually at first, I was like, maybe that's Daniel Plainview's diary. And maybe Plainview has written, oh... This baby's dad died, so I'll take him in. I thought maybe it's something like that, but no, it's it's Henry's diary it that is. he's reading, yeah. which obviously leads him to uh, get rid of HW, send him child. away. Yep. Yeah. We've talked about that. Great acting there. Subdued performance. And I love that the very next scene after he gets rid of HW, he goes into a meeting, a business meeting, mm-hmm. and he's like, this is my brother, Henry. Yes. You know, We're a family business. He's immediately got that replacement, yes. that backup. It's great. He goes a bit insane here when mm. this guy apparently is trying to tell him how to raise his boy. And I love- I love to come down to your house. I'm going to cut your throat. It's like, yes. what? Yeah. 
I love that he had that reaction that we all had. Like, uh, wait, what? What are you talking about? And he's like, listen, I'm sorry if I offended you. Hey. I didn't mean to. He doesn't back down after that. He's like, no, I will find you. Yeah. And I will kill you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really here. Like, he could have easily made a million dollars from here and moved on with his life. But what's his purpose after that? Like, to, at this point here, he was kind of reminding me of Walter White. Mm. Like, what's he going to do after this? He will have yeah. he will have nothing to do in his life. Yeah. Like, he can't lose his oil business here. Yeah. And it's it's funny that he's asking these guys, like, what what will I do then? Yeah. And they're just like, well, I don't know. Go Look after your, your life. family. Look after your kid. But a million dollars, it'll be more than a million because it's 150000 for his old oil rigs. Yes. Deal. You guess that, that done quick. Do you reckon they, they went through that deal? <laughs> Probably not. Um, and then it's a million for the new one, and it's like a million dollars in 1902. That's insane. Like, just stupid money. Yeah. Stupid levels of money. Well, you look at it now, like if someone's going to sell their very successful oil business, we're looking like in the billions and billions yeah. of dollars. Yeah. So maybe you know the uh, the inflation probably is justified. Mm. Now, we didn't mention earlier, but there was one bit of land he didn't get on the Bandy track. Yes, they did quickly mention the Bandy track earlier on. but it Did was you pick just... up on it when it was brought up? I heard the word Bandy tracked. But yeah, I didn't I think heard. anything of it. Oh, I did. Because the real estate's like, oh, there's this one one that won't sell. And he's like, oh, that's all right. Uh, he'll come He'll come around. He does not. And Plainview here, speaking to the same real estate guy, like, why don't I own this? Like, why didn't you? It's like, hang on a minute. <laughs> no, another little bit of a montage here where he's measuring out uh, the poles, the pipes, all that sort of stuff. Makes a deal with uh, Union Oil. You can see how he quickly bounces back here. Like, he was with Standard Oil before, and he's like, I'll go talk to Union Oil. Like, I'll go do what I want. And then next scene, bang, he's got the deal. Mm. Like, he, he doesn't need these other people. Yeah. This beach scene where they go for a swim, it's like- Stands out. It does, because it's- Beach. The, the whole set, <laughs> yeah, the whole movie is it's set in just barren like land. desert, yeah. Yeah, and then they're having a swim on the beach. Like, all right. Yeah. Righto. And again, he he opens up here a bit. Like, he talks about his old his old ranch or the, the farm. Henry is very- Comfortable. Yes. Yeah. He's definitely- Thinks he's in now. He thinks the whole thing's done. He's fooled him. He doesn't need to pretend anymore. He can just be himself. Whoops. Yeah, yeah. don't do that. What gives this away? Does it some, I can't picture. Like as I see that Plainview just drops his face at something that is mentioned here. Does he say something wrong in particular? I think it's more his behaviour. Like where- it's, it's such a it's such a big deal for Daniel in this scene where Henry's like like he just. If, if, if he was his brother, maybe his brother, when he was younger, really loved this place and would know it. Mm. No, wait, 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 because they never met. Yeah. No, for me, it was more It was more when we cut to him being drunk. I mean, he's, no, he's already thinking the worst before that. At, the, what, be- at the beach, he, his face sinks. Like, so he said something that would make him believe that yeah, he's not that. Yeah. And then he goes to the water and you see him in the water, like, he's staring really at him. angry, yeah. Yeah. So he must have either said something or not said something. Yeah, that so, would give something's giving him away. But yeah. I think I think it really pushes him over the edge when you get this really drunk Henry, just like, oh, give me some money, give, give me money, money. Yeah, money, 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 and money. he's just thinking, hang on, you're meant to be like me. Yeah, you know, you've got the same blood that I have. We hate everyone. I don't act like this. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, exactly. I don't act like this. How can you act like that? Yeah. So I think, yeah, about this scene we. Wakes him up with a gun in his face. Yeah. And quizzes him. What's the name oh, of the farm? And as soon as he said that, the Henry guy's like, like, he just, he's, he's just like, I'll, I'll just go. Yeah. Please let me just go. Yeah. Just let me go. Tells him though, that he did know his, his brother and, you know, he was coming out to see him and he had tuberculosis. He did die, but you don't see Plainview's face for a bit here. Mm. It's all on Henry. 
And then when he grabs him, you know, pushes his face down and shoots him in the side of the face and it cuts back to Day-Lewis and his eyes are just like rage-filled. Like yeah. he is just gone off the deep end at this point. Yeah. This is this is where he snaps, basically. Hmm. It's fantastic. Yeah, no, it is. It's so good. Excellent, Hender? No. Ah, shame. But we get Bandy here waking Plainview up. Yeah, after a big night of uh, intense crying. Yes, yes, of course. And Eli's in the back there. Did you notice him? No. Yeah. I thought he, I saw him next in the church. Uh, Eli's behind him, uh, which makes sense. But I'm surprised I don't really focus on him. But he's That's, sitting on a tree behind him. Because it's like Eli is, is, is making Bandy do this. Yes. Wow. I didn't even think of that. I didn't even see him there. I just thought it was Bandy coming and saying, you know, I'm a, I'm a religious guy too. You need nah. to do this. Nah, he's and this, this is the worst for Plainview. Like, he's like, I'll, I'll, I'll pay a ton of money. And he's like, no, I want you to be baptized. He's like, uh, can I please just pay yeah, a lot of money? Let me just pay the money. It's yeah. like, no, you can pay the money. And you have to be baptized. And but this is what he wants to do. Like he needs this place, so he's gonna go get baptized. In this scene, that is of course my excellence. It is also my excellence. Yeah, I kind of figured that when before we started recording, you could not stop saying, "I've abandoned my child. I have abandoned my boy." Now, this was not a scene I was expecting to be. My excellent. Yeah, I, I th- thought it was either going to be the, the one that I thought of earlier I thought, or the final scene. I thought you would have the final scene as is. This came up. I remember- This is so good. Yeah. I remember the I've abandoned my boy line, but I don't remember this whole scene. It's not just that line. It is, no, oh, it's definitely not. It is Dano's performance as well. It is just the, the encapsulation of plain view as he, he he's just, just there. He really is it's just It's the build up. Yeah. Because Dano is up the front and he's like, do we have a- is there a sinner looking for and salvation he's not here? Even, he's not even paying attention. He's like, he's just like, yeah, yeah, me, me, me. He's like, oh, yep, 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 yep. He just wants to get over this. And Dano just tries to humiliate him and make him as weak as possible. Even like, as soon as you're like, get on your knees and say it, it's like, oh, you piece that of shit. That face you do then, he does that yeah, a couple like, of times. And I love how this is, if I'm not mistaken, this is one whole shot of Day-Lewis as you see, like the close-up of, of Day-Lewis as you see Dano walking around him and he's just encouraging him to, to say. Yep. Because you've already seen what happens to people who hey, like talk shit about his family. Yep. And when he's here, but he knows I need to do this. Yeah. And he's just, and some of the faces like, oh, oh, But yeah. even, like, even like the first, where he's just like, the first time Eli says, I have abandoned my child. He's just like, I have abandoned my child. And then he goes on about, you know, I was lost and now I need to be found, all this stuff. And then he throws the abandoned child again. I was like, and you see, you see Plainview just like, oh, yeah. But from my interpretation here, when he gets louder and louder, he means it. He he's gone from I just want to get through yeah. this to I have actually abandoned my son. Yeah. I have well, seen I think I think that you know for sure that he is actually being honest and speaking from his his self, his inner self, because he stops saying he stops repeating the words that Eli says and says yes. his own words. Instead yes. of I've abandoned my child, I've abandoned my boy. Yes. You know, like when he does that and he says boy, it's like, ah, oh, he's got him. And Day Lewis is just oh. And then when Eli starts slapping him. And, and that's when he, when he slaps, he's like, boy, you, boy. <laughs> he's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's so good, this whole scene. And even at the end, he's like, after that, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm baptized now. Like, whatever. Like, yeah. let's let's move on now, please. He wants to get up and get the hell out of there. But he gets up, and because I watched this, this scene twice, he gets up, he goes over to Eli and shakes his hand and says something to him. Yes, we never hear it. We don't hear what he says. And the look on Eli's face, because I thought it would be something very threatening, he smiles. Does like, 
Yeah, he's seen a smile. Oh, he's have a look. I he's, thought he went over there and said, "I'm going to find you. I'm going to cut your throat." No, he doesn't. He sort of he nods yeah. and then smiles, and it's not like a like a you know like a, a scared. It looks like a genuine smile from him. Okay, it was very odd. Amazing scene. Oh, amazing scene. I'm genuinely shocked that this turned out to be my excellent because I did not expect this scene coming mm. into the movie. Oh, I knew. I knew. Oh, you did. This scene's. Oh. <laughs> HW comes back. Well, I mean, if you want any more evidence that Eli got to him, yeah. I've abandoned my boy. The next scene is him getting HW back. And really, like, emotionally hugging him. Hugging, yep. And H- him up. HW's hitting him again. Yeah, and- he's like, yes, just... And, and, yeah. and some, of the, some of the reactions from Day-Lewis is like, okay, come on, you do it. Just, just get it get it done. But we get Plainview and HW back at this, this bar, this restaurant, whatever it is, and the... Was it Union Oil guys come in? Standard, Standard Oil. Standard Oil comes in. And Plainview is so... Well, firstly, he's very unhappy that they're there. Yes. And capped off, of course, by him having to get up and get his own drink from the table. And he's like, you know, I ordered that before them. And he's like, yep, I was I was first. Yeah. But, okay, okay. Just the looks he gives them when he's sitting over at the other but side he's, of the table. Yeah, oh, the looks are amazing. And he's sitting there and he's staring at them. And he's so happy that HW is there. Yes. And he's just like, what does he say? You look like a fool, don't you? He's like, look, I don't need your money. I can take care of my son without your money. And all these guys are like, that's that's good. Like, yeah. Well done. Oh, they're so nice. They're, they're like, like yeah, hey, fine. we can still do some business. And, yeah. and, and he's just like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> they're like, look, I, I don't know. So where- vindictive. I know. He's just, he's just ruthless and relentless. Yeah. Have you seen... There's a clip going around. Yes. Yeah, where he breaks character. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Because so, I watched all the deleted scenes, all the featurettes. I watched everything. Everything. Does Day Lewis do the the the, uh, the featurettes as Plainview? Oh, he's he's not in it. Oh. There's no like I wanted a behind the scenes to see him. Yeah. He's, I would he's love it if they did it. one of those making of featurettes, and it's got like Paul Thomas Anderson discussing the movie. And someone else, like, you know, Robert Ellsworth comes in. Then Custer Day-Lewis is like, well, when I started as Daniel <laughs> Bainview, this is how I went. I'm like, seriously, Day-Lewis? <laughs> that would be funny. So we get a, a quick little montage here heading into 1927 where we have HW Big, and, big time yeah, job. Yeah, HW and Mary hanging out, having a good time. Boom, they're married. Getting married. Yes. I am yes. going to cut your throat. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> my my son is a, is a family man. He is. He's a family man. But it's... Plainview's really gone off the deep end. Oh, he's now. crazy. When you are sitting in what looks to be a living room, just firing guns at a wall. Yeah. yeah. Probably time to get out of there, HW. It's terrible. This scene, though, between Plainview and HW, oh. another possible excellent. Like, honestly, this scene's phenomenal. When you've got Day-Lewis just staring at him while his interpreter is talking, and just as he just becomes so vindictive towards him. Yeah. You all be my competitor. So like, no, no, no. Oh, yes, you will. Like, everything is a competition to him. So why don't you just have your dog over here? Why don't you just flap your hands around? And- <laughs> yeah. And he's incredible in every in every scene in this movie. And this is not this is not an exception here. Like, nah, he's stunning. Yeah. And then he tells him, like, you were never my son. Oh, that's that's so rough. Yeah. And then he and then HW's like, you don't need to say that. No, no, no. You uh, actually are not my son. Yes. You were adopted. Yes. You have none of my blood in you. And then, and he, and then he looks at the interpreter. He's like, "Go on, tell him." Like, because the interpreter's like, "Ah, uh, do I want to say this?" You're a bastard from a basket. Yeah. <laughs> but I love how, to him, he's not even being heard anymore. Yeah. Because at, 
He's deaf, obviously, so he goes yeah. in the corner and he's screaming to him, knowing he's not hearing what yeah. he's saying. Yeah. And that's that's a nice little touch there where he's not even being listened to anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But final scene, very iconic scene. Eli comes to visit him in his little bowling alley. Yeah. What do you say about this scene? Eli, he, Eli comes in from what looks to be such a position of power. Yeah, I mean, like, he's he's very well-dressed. He yep. seems to be, like, a big personality now. Like, yep. oh, I'm on the radio. Like, I'm, yep. I'm, letting, I'm getting my gospel out there. It's interesting how Plainview looks like he's basically passed out drunk on the ground and he's not responding to anything. Uh. But as soon as he realizes that it's Eli in front of him, or he wakes up a bit. Well, that's the thing, because Eli's screaming at him, Daniel, the house is on fire! Nothing. Nothing. And it's like, it's Eli, your old friend. And he stirs. He looks up, he's like, oh, and he gets up. Like, he, he wants to do something here. And he's so, he's so ridiculous the way he walks around like he's, as he like gimps around on the bowling yeah. alley like he's so out of his mind. And I love it how Eli goes to makes him two drinks. And he's like, oh no, thank you, no thank you. Yeah. And then pulls the bottle out and just yeah. downs it yeah. like, yeah, I don't need your drink. Yep. Yeah, but as Eli, he, as, Eli he's, as he's eating a steak like just munging on a steak. As Eli well. is just talking to this man who they have had nonstop like rivalry like at each other's throats. And he's like, oh, it's just wonderful to see you and catch up. Well, is the last time that they saw each other, the last time that we saw them together, when I mean, he, he got sure, baptized? Surely not. No, surely not. But it, that has to be like the encapsulation of their their relationship at that point. Like, they've shook hands. He said something to him. There's a smile. That's how Eli comes into this. No, he's delusional. He, in fact, I don't think he's delusional. He's just trying to put this facade on so that he can sell the land because yeah. he has no money. That's true. But he says that, you know, Mr. Bandy has died and his grandson, I think, is yes. is willing to sell the land. And then we get the drainage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, what else can you say? Daniel Day-Lewis' performance is just on, on another level, this entire movie. And this is, again, no exception. He's just pristine throughout this whole thing. Wants to tell him, like, I'll, I'll, I'll do this if you say you're a false prophet. Yeah. And which is obviously like the contrast to what we saw in both our excellence where you, where we had Eli telling Plainview what to say. Now we have Plainview telling yeah, Eli what really to say. Really in his face. Like he's the one sitting down and he's getting a, like basically shouted at, at his face. And they do mention, Eli just mentions again here. It's like, yeah, I'll take it. I'll take $100,000 plus the 5000 Oh, Just, just not, a rub it yeah, in his face. Plus interest as well. Yeah. And it's like, you're not getting away with this, mate. Yeah, but I think we get the same result here as we got with Plainview, where Eli says, "You know, he's a false prophet. God is a lie. Everything's a show." And when he when he starts, he's like, "But that's that's a lie. I'm I'm not saying that. God is a superstition. Like I'm not saying that." I think by the end of it, he believes it. You know, yeah, like he's like broken. He's, he's just saying at the start because he just wants to get yep. the money. Yep. But yeah, he gets driven into it where he says what he really feels. <sighs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, Plainview. Really hammers into him. Yeah, you know, we get he's the- got, He's got him. <gasps> I drink your milkshake. <laughs> I drink, I it, drink up. it up. <laughs> God, it's, it's so out of left field yeah. that it, it just works perfect. Yeah. It's so good. It does. Uh, but no, like Plainview just destroys him. Eli breaks. Yep. He's, you know, he says, oh, I've got no money. I need something. Help me. And, you know, like Plainview is just like, no, it was your brother. Yes. He was the strong one. That he one came to me. He came to me and he told me he knew what was going on. Yep. It's so good. Yeah. Just destroys Eli. And then, and then actually and then destroys physically him. Physically destroys him, yeah. Yeah. What do you make of him actually killing Eli? Good. 
Yeah. Like it's in character. After everything that's happened throughout this whole movie, yeah. he can't let him go. Yeah. He has to do what he's uh he's meant to do here. And it's it is it is intense. Like when he throws the bowling pin at him and he just instantly knocks him down and he's out cold, you think, oh maybe that's it. But no, he can't and just that Oh, and he comes swinging down on him two times. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. What, are the, what about the actual ending? Hold on. What about the correlation to we end the film with him swinging this pin down and we get the seepage of blood to how we open the film of him swinging a pickaxe and we get the oil? I mean, that's not what happens, but I can see where you're trying to go. And I can see when you pause, you're like, oh, that's not what happened. I'm going to say it anyway. But still, <laughs> he's hitting down, blood, oil. It's not a stretch. I did see the oil correlation. Yes. Not so much the swinging of the, the yeah, it was, bowling. It sounded the, good the as I started yes, saying it. Yes. Yeah. And you immediately regretted that decision. Yeah, I'm okay with it. What about the, uh, I'm finished? Yeah, what do good. you make of that line? Good line. Does it mean anything? I mean, I think it just shows that, you know, to plain view him, you know, killing Eli. I guess it was the last bit of his, yeah. not master plan, but he's got nothing left now. Yeah. HW is gone. He's killed his yeah. his rival, his enemy. Yes. 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 That's it. He's finished. He is. As is this movie. Yes, it is. Any last words? All right. Final thoughts. I'm going to I'll take the reins here because I feel like you'll go for a little bit longer than me. Doubtful. Uh, second time I've seen this film. The first time I watched it, just an absolute superb film. Nothing has changed here for me with this movie. Paul Thomas Anderson is just, he's on an extreme level here with this movie. It looks absolutely stunning for just, you know, barren fields, basically. Oil. It's very dark and grimy as well. It's not a colourful film, but that doesn't matter. The cinematography in this works perfectly. That scene when the oil explosion happens is just one of the best-looking shots you've ever seen in a film. Not only that, but the performances in this film are just unbelievable. Like, Daniel Day-Lewis... This is one of the best performances in a movie I've ever seen. He loses himself in this performance. He is nonstop in this film, and it is amazing. The, in, the a range of emotions he goes through, the intensity of this character. He's a frightening, frightening man. Mm. Paul Dano is amazing as well. The contrast between these two characters and their journeys with each other is... I mean, I'm going to keep saying amazing. Like, it's 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 so damn good. Mm. The score, Johnny Greenwood's score, just that... That high-pitched, intense feeling you get when this thing comes on, it, it encapsulates the, 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 it encapsulates the feeling that you're having already through the performances and the way this film looks. This movie goes for over two and a half hours. It, it didn't feel like two and a half hours. This movie definitely breezes by the performances, the relationships in this film. Everything in this film just screams. Amazing. Amazing. Incredible. Outstanding. To me. Mm. Yeah, I can't disagree with you, Ando. Uh, Good. I think this film is phenomenal. This is a film about oil, okay? It is a film that starts with digging. Now, I saw this at the cinemas in 2007, and I thought it was good, okay? I thought the start was extremely boring, okay? (laughs) Why are they talking? And (laughs) I hated Paul Dano. I thought he was so annoying. And I didn't hate him in a way where it was like, gee, I hate the character, but what a performance. It was like, this actor annoys me right now i watch it and like you paul dano's performance is phenomenal yes like can you imagine just you're acting up against daniel day lewis and you're not like like yeah it's not as good as day lewis's performance day lewis's performance is i don't want to be too hyperbolic but definitely top five for me in 
of all time. Yep. Like, phenomenal performance. He is Daniel Plainview. Yes. He's one of those rare characters as well where even before, you know, putting the movie on, I remember the name Daniel Plainview. Mm-hmm. Like, this character's so good. I love that they give him layers. Like, this is not a one-dimensional character. This no. is someone who opens up to his brother and we learn more about, who is seen being gentle with Mary, seen being affectionate with H.W., but still being business orientated. Yeah. Like money is his goal and his ultimate goal is to get away from people. Mm -hmm. And he succeeds. Yes. And maybe that's what his line, I'm finished, means at the end, where he's killed the only other person who would ever come back to him now. He's gone, like, see you later, HW, and by extension, Mary. The only other character we really know is Eli, who is done. Yep. The cinematography is phenomenal. It is as you say, like dry barren's landscapes that are made to look amazing. And I'm someone who doesn't like like poorly coloured films. This film does not have that issue. Mm-hmm. It's phenomenal. The score, Johnny Greenwood, I love that you know his name now. <laughs> it's really, really good. I must admit, I was nearly going to play the soundtrack on Spotify and listen to that. I'm, I'm not into that. I know you listen to scores like that, but I don't want to ruin hearing it when I watch this film. You know what I mean? I don't want to be like, oh, yeah, I know this so well. I just want to get hit with that every time I watch it. And I do. I really, really do. From that first note and then boom to that landscape. It's it's just an amazing film. Without a doubt is a... Amazing. Amazing. Incredible. Outstanding. From me. Very good. I was the best because the crowd loved me. All right, Dean, where's it going to sit on your rankings? God, it's so hard, Endo, because a movie like this that I love so much... In my head, I'm like, oh, this is going to sit so high. And then I look at it, and there's so many movies that I'm like, oh, yes, they're going to be real high too. (laughs) Uh, Where am I going to start here? Let's start at Hamilton. It's uh, better than Hamilton. Okay. All right. Kill Bill Volume 1, it's better than. Let me get to the Lord of the Rings. Uh, Fellowship and then Return. I do like this more than Lord of the Rings. Uh, Then we get to Heat. I think it's better than Heat. Then we get to The Matrix. Oh, this is tough. It's tough because how much do you, you know, take nostalgia into it? Like, how much I loved The Matrix when I was a teenager has got a factor into my uh, ranking here. Ugh, yeah, all right. That's... Ah, oh, Jesus. Yeah, all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop it here. I'm going to have it as my new number 10 in between The Matrix and Heat. Okay. I'm going to start off against its best picture rival, No Country for All Men, at number 12. And I think this is better than No Country for Old Men. We get to The Lion King. And I think this is better than The Lion King as well. We get to Train Spotting. And I probably would have said that Train Spotting was better than this before I watched this again recently. But no, There Will Be Blood is better than Train Spotting. Then it gets to The Silence of the Lambs. And I think that's where it's going to stop for me. So, much like you, There Will Be Blood is my new number 10. Wow. Look at us go. Look at this movie go. Yeah. All right, before we keep going, we'd just like to say this show is brought to you by our awesome patrons who've been supporting the show for nearly three years, Dean. Yeah, we're nearly at that mark, but timing aside, patrons, we love you so much. Thank you so much for all your support. Absolutely. We are in the middle of our Terminator series over there. We just released Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. We do have our YouTube channel going as well. We just recently did our very first versus video, Dean, where we pit Joker versus Penguin. Hmm, interesting uh, to see how that one went. Yes, indeed. 
as well as our little video of the Green Mile as well. So plenty of content going on over there. Go ahead and check out our YouTube channel. We'll leave the links in the show notes. All right, it's time for... We may still have mail. Mail, mail, mail. Here it is. And this could be it. Oh... Where we ask our awesome patrons to leave reviews for the films that we break down. All right, looking at the Movie Journey Discord page uh, from Dan Bredink of Netflix and Swill podcast, I Will Be Bored. Ooh. Come on, Dan. I do not like that. No. Not one bit. Lift your game, Dan. All right, next one here from Chris Beardsall. A modern masterpiece and deserving of every award it has received. It goes without saying that Daniel Day-Lewis is incredible in his performance of Daniel Plainview, but I applaud Paul Dano standing toe-to-toe with Daniel Day-Lewis and hanging in there with him. Dano really should have had a bigger career than the one he has had so far. I mean, hold on. He's, he's the next Riddler. Like, he's about to be in a super mainstream movie. If he's going to explode, it's going to be shortly. Yeah, 13 years later after this movie, finally. No, but you look at the movies he's been doing, like, they're so, like... Prisoners. Yeah. I think of that, and I think of this movie called Ruby Sparks. I've never, never even seen it, but I just know he's in it for some reason. I think of uh, Swiss Army Man. Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, he's in weird, yeah. like, different, not mainstream films. So I think him being in The Batman... That's a big one. I think this will make or break it. Absolutely. Johnny Greenwood's score is one of my absolute all-time favourites that I listen to regularly. This isn't the most rewatchable PTA movie like Boogie Nights is, but I do revisit this every few years and every time I am blown away by it. Five stars. All right. Fantastic. That's much better. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Chris and Dan, for those responses. But, of course, we've got... Well, it happened. I watched There Will Be Blood, and it was a good movie. Never thought that would happen. I was a huge fan of P.T. Anderson leading up to There Will Be Blood's release. Pretty much for me, it was Anderson's Lady in the Water, which is a Shyamalan reference. Basically, I thought the movie was so bad, I was no longer a fan. I never watched Inherent Vice, and I absolutely hated The Master as well. God, I wonder if that holds up. Anyway, I've just watched There Will Be Blood today, and I enjoyed it. Low expectations helped. I think also I've seen way more bad movies since 2007, so that probably helped as well. And really, this isn't even remotely a bad movie. I'd still say it's a bit slow, but it's not overly slow. Daniel's character carries the movie. You you get invested in him early on, even though he's a complete arsehole. It doesn't matter. It's a real-to-life portrayal. I think the subject matter, setting and themes, are unique enough to call it a definitive movie about oil mining. Not exactly a glamorous topic, but they got still got some juice out of it. Actually, I'd say the film is pretty well written. The philosophies and harshness of humanity and its environment has an impact. Um, I still don't like it as much as, you know, Boogie Nights, Magnolia, Punch Drunk Love, etc. It's not a classic for me. But at least now, there's a whole bunch of people who seem a little less crazy to me, and I'm sure I seem a little less crazy to a whole bunch of people. Three and a half stars. All right. All right. I don't, I don't think he seems less crazy. Uh, some of the things he's saying, I'm curious what he gave this before this rewatch. Know, he definitely talked like he just absolutely shat on this film like, back in the day. It made him hate the director that he really, really liked. Wow. Crazy. I don't know if you watched the right movie or not. Hmm. But I'm glad you've turned around, Shane. Absolutely. Thank you very much for that review, Shane. All right, let's get to... That's my question! The question, jerk! Where we asked our Facebook listener discussion group and our patrons, what is their favourite PTA film? All right, Talon Crichton says, 
The master takes it for me. Punch Drunk Love comes close, though. David Powell says, Favourite? Maybe Magnolia. The best? Probably the master or There Will Be Blood. And haven't seen Phantom Thread yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, David, you need to watch Phantom Thread. Scott Murphy says Magnolia, but the master and There Will Be Blood are not far behind. Brother Shane says Magnolia. Mm, Chris Beersel says There Will Be Blood. The Vern says Punch Drunk Love because it's so different from his other films, and I love it. Oh, very good. Julio of the Contrarians podcast says, Magnolia isn't just my favourite PTA movie, it's also one of my favourite movies ever. Such ambitious, entertaining filmmaking. That it is, Julio. And lastly here from Nerdrovert, Magnolia and Boogie Nights, but Punch Drunk Love is a close second for being different from PTA's norm. There we go. Very same opinions about Punch Drunk Love there being uh, outside the PTA norm. Yeah. All right, thank you very much, everyone, for putting in a response. But, Dean, let's get to our top five Paul Thomas Anderson films. And as usual, we kick it off with you. What is your number five? All right, my number five is Punch Drunk Love. Very good. My number five is his first film, Hard Eight. Yeah. Have you seen five films from him? The only one I haven't seen is Inherent Vice. Oh, okay, okay. Didn't I get you to watch that? No, I think I got you to watch it. Ah, yeah, thanks for that. Yeah. Uh, it's not making my list. Uh, my number four is Boogie Nights. All right. My number four. And I don't, I'm, it may go up on a rewatch since I've only seen it once. Really long time ago. But my number four is Magnolia. Nice. Uh, my number three is Phantom Thread. Very good. That is also my number three. All right. My number two is Magnolia. My number two is Boogie Nights. And my number one. And my number one. Is There Will Be Blood. Absolutely. All right, let's take a look at the poll and see what everyone voted for on what their favourite PTA film was. I put up all eight of his films, so there was no one left behind. Was Hard Eight in eighth place? Hard Eight was not in eighth place. That actually shocks me. Coming in at 0% is Inherent Vice. Wow! (laughs) Yeah, Hard Eight is next with 1%, so there you go. I mean, even that is surprising. Who is saying Hard Eight is their favourite film of P.T. Anderson? It's probably the only film they've seen of PTAs. They probably just started like a filmography of P.T.A. <laughs> like, this guy's good. Yes. Yeah. Coming in six is Punch Drunk Love with 6%. Okay. 10% of the vote for next is Phantom Thread. I mean, that's not right. Well, there's one key one that, that has been not said so far that you will dispute, which is actually what it is next. Number four with 12% is The Master. Hmm. What a love for the master out there. Um, Yeah, there is. I feel like if you like the master, you probably love the master. That's true. All right. Coming in as a tie, second and third with 22% each is Boogie Nights and Magnolia. Okay. Okay. And of course, our winner with 28% of the vote is There Will Be Blood. Nice. Is it, of course, is it that obvious for this director? Well, I mean, the percentages don't lie here, Dean. Yeah, but I mean, like, prior to conducting this poll, would you have thought it was, you know, a decent runaway? Yeah, I would say so. I guess. The good. The bad. All right, Dean, you've watched a couple of films this week. I have. Very unlike me. I know, right? Yeah, I had I had a lot of time, so I thought, you know what? I don't mind movies. I'll give a few a go, and I had some lined up. In particular, yeah, the ones I've given you. Well, they were building up. All right, so what'd you watch? I watched Waves. Ah, Waves, the one that you forgot that you had to watch. Yes, the one that you also forgot that I had to watch. Yes. Uh, (laughs) uh, This film, I wish you'd told me it was good, Endo. It's a really good film. I think I've told you it was good for the last year and a half. Do you realise my mentality when I actually put this film on, I was like, oh, this is going to be the biggest slog, it'll be some... 
romantic. Like, all I know of it is that poster of these two people sitting <laughs> on the pier. I was like, yeah. this is going to be the slowest, most boring Ooh, foreign, no. foreign film that I've seen. <laughs> it comes on and it's like... It's like a good version of Good Time at the start. I was like, Jesus Christ, this thing's going off. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, it does take a sharp turn. Definitely a sharp turn. Uh, the movie does change pretty dramatically, and it's not as good after that. Yeah, okay, that's that was my opinion. I was going to ask you, did you like the first half or the second half better? Yeah, I mean, who who is liking the second half better? Um, the second half has some really, at least one really good moment in it, which did save it from dropping a whole star from where I thought it was going to be. Oh, that bad, hey? I, I, mean, I didn't think it was that it was, bad. I mean, come on, come on. The whole, the main plot of the second half of this film, I could not care two shits about. <laughs> okay. Do you remember the, the actual driving plot of the second half? Uh, without, without saying, just do you remember it? Not really. No, no, exactly. I bet you remember the driving plot of the first half, well, though. Of course, the first half is better, okay? Yeah. The second half is... Forgettable, but there are some key scenes uh, that do redeem it somewhat. I am I'm going four stars though. It's Excellent. really, really good film. Excellent. I also checked out Eastern Promises, Hendo. Ah, another film I picked. Yes, uh, Viggo Mortensen. Yes. Uh, what's it? What's it about? Is it like some Russian mob film? Oh, you haven't seen it? No. Okay, so it's sort of like a uh, a Russian mob film. Ooh, we uh, pick that. Viggo Mortensen is Russian in this. Is he a mobster? He's yeah, I mean yeah, he is. Okay, he is. I mean, he's, he's don't spoil it. His job roles vary, but yeah, he's 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 in the Russian mafia. Sure, that is no longer called the KGB. Apparently, <laughs> it's three other initials that I don't care about. Sorry, Russians. But yeah, this is like Naomi Watts is in it as well. Okay, I'd forgotten that. I'm sure I would have known it when this film was more relevant. But mm-hmm. yeah, she's in it. It's good. It's it's really good. And it's one of those rare films that I wish it kept going. Like, it feels like it had another hour to go. Yeah. And I was sort of feeling like this movie was about to end, and it ends. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I want, I wanted more. Yeah. Like, I felt like it was just really starting to get to the next level. Yeah. Like, let's kick off this third act sort of thing. Yeah. And the movie ends. Huh. Now, I did see that they were considering a sequel after. I'm not sure if that was in play when they were writing this but, yeah, I, I, it's good. There's a famous naked fight scene in it, apparently. I did hear of this naked fight scene. There's a lot of Vigo Dong. Sold. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> uh, which is, yeah, it's, it's good. Instant half-star boost. Yeah, it's, it's pretty violent, but it's not um, gratuitous. Three and a half stars. Fair enough. But should have been four. Just needed that little bit at the end, I feel. Needed more Dong? It did. No, I mean, can't get any more than Vigo. <laughs> I also watched Emma. Why'd you watch that? Well, because you and I had some free time recently and I sat on your couch and you played a YouTube video for me and there were scenes from Emma in there mm-hmm. and I thought, oh, is that actually meant to be good? So I spoke to the missus about it and Brit's big Emma fan. Yeah. And I was like, why haven't you watched this? She goes, oh, I, you know, I didn't think it'd be good. Oh, was it based off a book? Yeah. Jane Austen. Have you heard of her? Not really. You've never heard of Jane Austen. I mean, I heard the name. I don't... What, is she like the, the Sense and Sensibility Lady? Yeah. Okay. Also Pride pro- and Prejudice? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All okay. Right then. yeah. It's all that... that. All right. I didn't know this was based off a book. Emma's a very famous... Not to me. ...book, yeah. Man, literature really is your weakness, isn't it? Literature? Hmm. Okay. Also jokes, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> jokes? Wow. Hey, recycle it as much okay. as you can. All right. Um... 
But honestly, what really pulled us in is that Emma is played by Anya Taylor-Joy, who is great in The Queen's Gambit. Mm-hmm. So we watched it, and it's good. Cool. Um, it's a period piece. Yes. I mean, it's like a not good version of Little Women. You know, that's the, a the '94 version. No, that's a not good version of the. <laughs> that's a not good version of Little 20, Women. 2019 was it, Little Women? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what? Yeah, 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, you probably know if you're going to like this film or not. It's not horrendous. I got enough enjoyment out of it. It's not really for me though. Okay. Despite my affinity for Little Women, the movie. Um, so, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll give it two and a half stars. It's not bad. Ooh, okay. All right. I keep forgetting that your two and a half it could be a good or a bad thing, depending on, depending on what your tastes like, are at the Would time. I recommend it? I'd recommend it if you're into this crap. <laughs> you know? It's fine. All right, then. I also watched another film you gave me. I saw The Devil. Okay. Is this, is this the last film that you watched? N- yes, it is the last film I watched. So, out of all the films I got made you watch, you still didn't watch... Chunking Express. I don't know what it is about this film. I just cannot bring myself to start watching it, which makes no sense. I cannot emotionally destroy myself again. It makes no sense because I loved In the Mood for Love. And this really feels like a similar vein type of film. Yes. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, no, I have not watched Chunking Express. Poor form. Maybe I'll watch it this year. It's hard to say. (laughs) Anyway, I saw The Devil. Yeah, I mean, what is wrong with you for recommending this to me? Why do you like this film? Oh, That's probably my it was so good. My biggest surprise is that you like this film. Oh, I loved it so much when I watched it. When did I watch it? Jeez, it would have been like two years ago now, maybe a year or so ago. Uh, oh, I definitely watched it last year. No, I I loved the, the the parallels and the contrast between these two main people. Yeah, the the violence is very very intense, severe. Yes. But that doesn't really change my mood on it. Like, it's not a deal breaker for me. I just, I love the correlations between these two guys and basically the absolute intense nature of this film. Yeah. So, this is a Korean film about a guy who is tracking down someone who kills his fiance, basically. That's, yeah, that's the one sentence gist of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, things take a different turn, which I knew nothing about it. So, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say. I mean, say, neither did I, honestly. Yeah. yeah. So, I must say, <laughs> like, 30 minutes into the film, I was like, this doesn't make sense. Uh, are we about to see end credits here? Like, is this a short film? Yeah, the, the, yeah, like, if you're thinking of a normal film and where a normal film would go with this storyline, it's about to be wrapped up half, yeah. like half an hour I in. I do remember thinking that too. I was like, what the hell? What are they going to do for the rest of this film? But nah, it's very good. It keeps you entertained. Reminded me of uh, Cold Fish I a bit. I was going to say, did love- you get a Cold Fish vibe? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I do prefer Cold Fish to this though. Disagree. Uh, I'll go three and a half stars. Okay, that's fine. So you've done well from the the three that you've given me that I've watched. Four, three and a half, and three and a half. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Hopefully I can't wait to hear that five-star banger of uh, Chunking Express in a year. I mean, I doubt it. Four and a half at least. Got to be on par with In the Mood for Love. I mean, if it is, I'd be wrapped. All right. Well, why don't you just go and watch it then? Busy. So, what's next? All right, Hendo, what do we got next? I'm going to see if I can try and top your most recent pick, obviously, of There Will Be Blood. I'm going to go with a film that I've seen many, many times before, and I'm pretty sure you've seen it many, many times before as well. couple. We've done several episodes of this gentleman who has directed this film. We've done a series of him on Patreon. I'm talking, of course, of Quentin Tarantino. Now, there's only two more films we haven't done of his, so let's flip the coin here and go with Reservoir Dogs. Oh, nice. Reservoir Dogs. 
yeah, no, I definitely have seen it a few times. Uh, I'm probably, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll get to it. We'll get to we'll it. We'll get to it next week, won't we? Yeah. All right. So thank you, everyone, for checking out this episode on There Will Be Blood, and we'll see you next week for Reservoir Dogs. Bye. Bye.